Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Welcome back into the Insiders. I'm James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia. Uh, big shout out to our guy Kyle Madsen who stopped in, even though he is under the weather. Uh, maybe he'll be back later this week. Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more of him. But uh, he's definitely under the weather. Weather feeling it. Um, sec- uh, sorry, the Super Bowl has uh, come and gone. The San Francisco 49ers lose 25 22 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs for picking up a second straight Super Bowl win. Jesse, this was an instant classic. Like, uh, this is one of those games where I think you can go back and watch. It, it doesn't matter how big the score is. This was just one of the most hard fought, like, hard nosed spectacular football games that we've seen in a long time. What was everyone making plays, whether it be the offense, defense, or the special teams? I mean, I know the 49ers fans don't want to hear that, but like falling on that football or whatever, making plays. Oh. Everyone everyone was just making plays. And yeah. that, was, that, was, that was where the game turned, for, I think, right there. That was the turning point of the game, I think, that, um, that I don't want to muff um, pun or whatever, but when it hit the uh, 49ers player. Yeah, the one where it hits, his, uh, hits a foot and then bounces and, you know, in the – the punt returners trying to wave everybody away. I think Kyle made a really interesting point about the fact that the Chiefs fumbled five times and only lost one of them and that the 49ers fumbled twice and lost both of them. The McCaffrey fumble stands out to me as just unexpected because if you don't fumble right the way that the Niners were just moving the ball early in the game. You're expecting them to score a touchdown. That's what it felt like, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. I thought Because I was thinking about that too. If he doesn't fumble and they open 7-0, Kansas City – did not really turn up until the fourth quarter. So, like, just how does the game end up after that if they're already um, um, starting a foot ahead? Yeah, there's always the, these near misses. And then I'd also say, I think that there does come up where, you know, we've talked about, like, Dan Campbell, like, almost to his own detriment going forward on fourth down, going for two-point conversions. Yeah, like being doing, his own worst enemy sometimes. Yeah, being his own worst enemy. But at, at the same time, does, does Shanahan need to be a little more aggressive is there a point where you're you're looking at what he's doing and you're like man you know that Mahomes is going to go down and, and score like I, I know you got to get the three points on the board but even in in the overtime session and in, in the fourth quarter both times you're you're thinking you're going to give the ball back to Mahomes and you're going to give him an opportunity to win this and I, I kind of felt like there was a point where 
he had to go for it on one of those those big moments and and put his faith in his offense and not just put his faith in the defense, especially as the game's wearing on and you're exhausted and, and everything's happening. Do you feel that, that, that there might have been a moment or two where Kyle Shanahan just, he's got to get a little bit more of that Dan Campbell mentality? I don't, it well, I think he needs a Dan Campbell, like, um, I'll point to the last drive before Mahomes got the ball um, at the end of the fourth quarter where he was able to take him back and they were to kick the field goal and all that. I think I wanted, I'd like Shannon to be a little bit more like aggressive on that drive. That just that particular drive right there, just because I feel like they were playing to run the clock out and um, like give Mahomes as little time left as possible. But also they were okay with the field goal. And it, in my mind, it's just kind of like, we all know no matter what, Mahomes is going to take them down the field. It's just, he's one of the best to do it. That's just Patrick Mahomes. He's going to take them down the field. So if it's me, like I get... Like I'm um, running the timeout and all that, but also I'm trying my best to still get um try to try to get six points at the end of that drive, seven points. Yeah, and I think that's a drive in which kind of uh, kind of put in like as much distance between you and Mahomes as you can. Because like I said, I was expecting him to come back, yeah. drive down the field. Now he's gonna get that field goal no matter. Like it's just it's just what he's shown us over the years or whatever. He's gonna get that field goal. So yeah, I would have liked him to maybe try, be more aggressive for that touchdown. But like I I don't. I'm, I guess I'm kind of maybe nitpicking, but that's one where it kind of stands out. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Kyle brought up the the run where, you know, they had a, a young tight end, and, and I believe that's in the overtime session, right, where they have a young tight end and Kittle's out of the game. And instead of going over the left side with Trent Williams, they ran to the right, which right away I was like, what are you doing? And they he gets stops for stop for no gain or like half yard, and it sets up like the final the final sequence. I thought that there were like a few conservative play calls at that time. But then I almost like I want to see him open up the book. You know, he had the uh the play where they did the shovel pass to McCaffrey that didn't work. They had the play where they do the throw to Juwan Jennings and then he fires it back across the field which looked like either a pick six or a touchdown. Like it, that, there were only two things that were going to happen on that play. And of course McCaffrey catches it and runs for the touchdown. So I saw the gambler side of him, but I also, I needed more. I needed more, 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 more of that type of play calling where you're, you as a head coach, you're trying to impact the game in your way. Like, I don't think that there were a lot of signature moments outside of the Jennings play, like where you would go back and think, oh, look how creative Kyle Shanahan was in that game. Yeah, I think, I think for me more so, I put it more on maybe just the 49ers, just they, they didn't finish because I don't think there was ever a moment in the game. I mean, yeah, there's never a moment in the game where it's like, oh, what Kyle Shannon is doing is egregious. Like, he should be going for it right now. Like, I think you could always, like, look at each of his decisions um, as far as, like, going for it or being more aggressive. Like, kind of, like, you understand it. I think it was just a matter of just they just didn't finish. Okay. No, I, I get it. I, I mean, like, at the end of the day, you know, the Chiefs won. Yeah. And, and that's what you have to look at. And, and you – there's going to be moments we can point to very specifically throughout that game where you can say, hey, in all honesty, I, the Andy Reid made the right calls, Steve Spagnuolo made the right call, uh, calls, and the Chiefs came out on top because they had these these things. They've been there, number one. They, they've won it, so they understand that like every once in a while it takes a little bit of a gamble here and a little bit of a gamble there. I thought that they... At the end of the day, I think the Chiefs did outcoach the 49ers coaching staff, specifically when it came to blitzes, when it came to, you know, like I, I can all de- that stuff. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. It's just like I said, they were just the Chiefs were just sharper, and then the bigger moments. 
where you do need Spagnol, um, Steve Spagnuolo, or you do need Andy Reid to draw some up to you. They were, they were just sharper each time. Just one step. Because like Kyle brought it up, too, um, when we were just talking to him. Steve Wilkes was sending the blitz every time. That's not phasing Mahomes. He knows you guys are coming or whatever. All right, I'm just going to dump it off to Rasheed Rice right here, Isaiah Pacheco. Every time Steve Wilkes threw that blitz, Mahomes, like it looks on the TV too, I was like, oh, they pressured him or whatever. Mahomes probably knows as soon as like he sees the defense or whatever, I'm going here. Yeah, when it comes to the the defensive line, like I've been hard on the defensive line the entire season um, just because, you know, if you're going to spend that much money, they better be great. And they, they weren't great throughout most of the season. I thought in this game they were pretty great. You know, yeah. like they, I, I think there are three sacks. Bosa didn't get an official sack, um, but he was in on a couple of uh, on a couple of sacks, and also he had. I think he hit Mahomes three times. Yeah, I think we're at the point now too. Is like if you don't like, have, you're not dialing up the sacks or whatever. Like we still see you're causing pressure. Like you know you stop. We we know you stopping an effect and all that. You know. Yeah, they they. I thought they were, and I thought uh, I thought Chase Young had some good moments. Um, I thought that uh, Ran- uh, was it Randy Gregory had a couple of moments. Um, thought- Eric Armstead was really good too. I feel like. Yeah, I-, I think you know again, friend of the show and Sacramento uh, legend, you know Eric Armstead. I thought had a really really good game, and you know I- so I thought that they stood out as as a group that actually played really well. Even if you know down the stretch you have these plays where again Mahomes bust loose and all that, but I thought they held Pacheco and check. Um, yeah, I thought it was solid. And, yeah, and were, I think Greenlaw, not having Greenlaw, was very impactful. Yeah, he's probably, you can say he's the heart and soul of that defense. He's obviously one of the that's the best linebacker duo in the league, right? Linebacker tandem in the league right there. So obviously you're going to miss something there. But it's just the Chiefs just happen to make more plays. That's what honestly what it comes down to. No, I, I totally agree. Um, I don't know where the 49ers go from here. And I don't think that there's a panic button that they hit. But I think you do have to, like, you walk into next season with this idea of, Number one, we need to be more consistent. We can't have the the letdown in the middle of the season. Um, number two, uh, you need to make sure that you keep your team intact as much as possible and add to the the offensive line for sure. Um, but overall, like this does feel like a team that maybe given just a little bit more time, like they can be that same team that we saw this year and maybe even a better version of if you can get some some growth from from Purdy as a as a play caller, I think it's a possibility. There's also for me the aspect of like you blew your best shot right now, mm. like like you've been the bell of the ball the last four years or whatever. Um, other than that, I think that was a 2020 year where they were just decimated with injuries. You've been NFC Championship game or at least the Super Bowl over this little time period. It's like like you're gonna keep like are you gonna be able to keep that up still? Like that's difficult. No, it's, I, it's almost like like I'm not saying they're gonna miss the playoffs or anything like that, but it's also like, when do we start to see maybe um let's step back more so like you know you're not gonna go to the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, that and I think there is always the Super Bowl hangover, right? You always worry about what's gonna happen the next year and whether you can get back. I don't know. Either way, I mean, you are on a clock, right? You've got uh, you've got players that are aging that uh, you know who knows how long that they can hold on to play a guy like Trent Williams, you know, he's already said he's coming back next year, but um, you know, Kittle's not getting any younger. Use isn't getting any younger. Fred Warner's not getting any younger. You got to figure this thing out. Even Armstead, you know, uh, there, there's going to come a point where, you know, there, there will be wholesale changes. And, um, but I, I think that the, the Niners pushed it off one more year. Um, all right. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna chat Sacramento Kings. Kings played on Friday. They played on Sunday. The Super Bowl Sunday game was very odd. I don't know who decided to throw a Kings game 
and at noon on Super Bowl Sunday, it, that it, was, felt, it felt out of place. It just felt totally out of place. Like everyone's sitting there, like, man, I'm supposed to be cooking and getting ready, and like, I gotta, I gotta watch a Kings game. Um, I kind of felt like the Kings felt the same way, which is uh, something we'll talk about when we come back here on the Insiders. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back in. I'm James. He's Jesse. No Kyle today, although Kyle did drop by and see us. He's under the weather. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Super Bowl Sunday was was a major, major hit and absolutely spectacular. Fortunately, the San Francisco 49ers did not hold on and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but while, while that was happening, uh, we had a couple of things going on and, you know, here on the Insiders, we talk a lot of Sacramento Kings basketball. I've covered the Sacramento Kings for many, 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 many years. And uh, we've got to get to some of that coverage today. Uh, we do have two Jiffy Lube Player of the Game gift certificates to give away. $100 gift certificates to Jiffy Lube. But also, if you win the $100 gift certificate, you are also put in for the uh, the possibility to win the Sacramento Kings jersey. We already had one winner last month, so... Make sure you're going to ESPN1320.com, hitting that Jiffy Lube lo- logo. And we'll start with the first game. The The Sacramento Kings hosted Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets on Friday night. It was a tremendous game. Uh, the, the Kings rolled up uh, what looked like a road-weary Denver Nuggets team by a final of 135-106. Demonis Sabonis posted a 17-17-10 game. Uh, he has, he's just stacking up double doubles and stacking up triple doubles. So for our first uh, Jiffy Lube player of the game, uh, again right now at ESPN thirteen twenty, click on that big Jiffy Lube logo, and the first player of the game is going to be Domanis Sabonis. So Domas is our password. D O M A S. Go in. Not only will you get put in for uh, a one hundred dollar gift certificate to Jiffy Lube, but also 
a Sacramento uh, Kings jersey. Uh, Jesse, what were your takeaways from that that Denver Nuggets game? So of course they won this game. You put up a dud against the Detroit Pistons, and of course being the inconsistent Sacramento Kings that you are, you come out and you beat up the Denver Nuggets, who are the one seed in the West. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's of course, of course you guys did this. <laughs> it, it, I wasn't shocked or anything. It's just like it's just par for the course. What am I getting today? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, this is a team that's shown you once again that they can beat anybody. And that they can lose to anybody. Literally, think, think about how crazy that is. They lose to a six-win team or whatever. Look horrible. Nah, it's good, boys. Next game, we'll play the top team in the West, and we'll blow them out, too. It's a six-win team that was that benched uh, two of their, well, their, their two best players. Yeah, there's, one of context, which, there's more context to that. Yeah, one of which they traded, right? And then they started Killian Hayes, who they waived the, the next day or the day after. They started. Uh, they they brought uh, Joe Harris off the bench, who they waived. They mm-hmm. brought Danilo Gallinari off the bench and then waived him. Uh, you you basically played a, a six like a horrific six win team, and you lose. And then you you turn around and you just you smack Denver around. It's it's almost like all right. I'm tired at this point. Just like just please just like just do like like it's almost exhausting. It's like. Why can't you guys just be normal for once? Why can't you guys just turn it up every game? I I agree, man. Like like what, what do you think it is? What like what do you what do you think the root of the inconsistency is? It's tough. I think one of the roots of the inconsistency is that uh your star pe- player carried you for the first like 28 games of the season and was spectacular and then he ran out of gas. Because I think that guy needs the all-star break more than anybody right more now. More than anybody. And then, uh, in all honesty, he hasn't been able to bring it he, consistently. He he just hasn't. De'Aaron Fox has not been able to bring it consistently over the stretch, uh, over the last month, maybe a little bit more. Like, since the, the turn of the new year, he just he hasn't looked like himself at all. And, and all of a sudden, he started dabbling in the whole steal game, right, where he, he's going out there and he's posting five steals a game. And you're like, hey, that's great. That's great. But where's the other player? Where's that other guy that that was doing all of this stuff on the offensive end? And I know this team doesn't always need the offensive player, but what they can't have is somebody who looks disinterested and 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 sometimes like not in the flow, not like not focused, missing free throws, uh, bad turnovers, forced three pointers. Like I think that that's a bigger problem. And to be honest with you. That's what we saw on Sunday. We saw De'Aaron Fox, you know, lead his team into Oklahoma City and look like the same player that that we saw against the Detroit Pistons and a couple other teams. Do you think he's gassed right now? Yeah, I think he's gassed. Um, I I don't know, like, how many different ways do we have to say it? I, I he's not playing well. Well, like there there is also the aspect too with De'Aaron Fox. I think he's better at it now, but he has always had those lulls over his career where he just. Like, that's exactly what there. He has lulls throughout the season where it's just, I don't know, like, what's going on with Fox? No, I, I totally get that. There is a point in every season where it feels like De'Aaron Fox has, like, a, a group of games where he struggles. And I, I just don't know how long that's supposed to last. Like, there, when you want to be a superstar and, and you start to reach, like, a certain level with your game, you have to continue to push to be that player. And... I think that there just feels like right now, for whatever reason, he's just he doesn't have it. So Kevin O'Connor, which I know Kings fans love, but 
he tweeted out, which, to be honest, this is a, it's a perfectly fair question. He said, what's up with De'Aaron Fox? First 26 games of the season, 30 points per game, 53.8% from two, 39.8% from three. Uh, he's 21.9 field goals per game, 6.1 assists, 4.6 rebounds. His usage was 32%. The last 20 games, 21.8 points per game. His field goal percentage has dropped 4% down to 49.2. His three-point percentage has dropped 6 percentage points down to 33.6. His free throw percentage is down to 68.9. But even his field goals, he's he's almost four field goals off of his, his normal. His assists are down to 4.6. His usage is down to 27.1. It's almost like, and we're talking 20 games. Yeah, it's a decent sample size. Yeah, it's almost like he's just a completely different player in that stretch. And again, I don't think it was De'Aaron Fox that was causing the inconsistencies early in the season, but I do think a lot of it right now is is De'Aaron Fox causing in, inconsistencies. Well, how do you like? Was like, do we just wait for Fox to make maybe? Oh, he snapped into it, like he's back or whatever. Like, like how how do we how do how do we move from this? Well, I think if you give him a week off for the All Star break and he comes back and he's a different player then, you know, you, you clearly know that, you know, it was either mental fatigue or, or he ran out of gas. And, and if I had to put my money on it, too, I'd say, like, I'd say he, he's good to go after the Ulster break. I think I think he was carrying carrying a lot of the um, carrying a lot of the load um, early on in the season and all that. And I think maybe that kind of took its toll on him. But like you said, it is kind of concerning because it is a 20 game sample size, too. So, yeah, I mean, he's down to 26.4 points per game. And, you know, this is a guy who was. 31-32 early in the season and and was holding up that that type of, you know, score uh, scoring for a long time. Now, I don't know that the Kings are a a better team if he's scoring 30 or if he's scoring 25 like he did last year. I I think there is some sort of happy medium. I don't know if it's 26.4 if it's 27 point something, but he is bringing other things to the table. He is uh, second in the league in steals at 1.8 per game. He set himself a goal to average over two steals per game. That's good. And, and some of the, the defensive things we've seen is good. But we get to this Oklahoma City game on Sunday where the Sacramento Kings lose, right? And to be honest, it wasn't even all that that close. It didn't feel like they had any oomph at all. It you, could felt feel, like, you could feel it through the TV. It was just kind of like, yeah, like, yeah we're here. Yeah, they just kind of slipwalk through the game, right? And so they end up losing uh, 127 to 113. Um, again, Sabonis uh, is just absolutely brilliant. 21 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds. Uh, he's got four triple-doubles in the last five games, and he's got, I think he's got five triple-doubles in the last seven games. It's not good enough for the All-Star game, James. Uh, yeah, he's clearly not good enough for the All-Star team. Um, but this was one of those games where Fox came out. He shoots six of 17 from the field, two of eight. Uh, you know, he, he's a negative, a negative 27 on the game. That's where he was. And him and Harrison Barnes both threw up negative 27s, but I almost felt like Harrison Barnes, like defensively, he couldn't hang with Jalen Williams. Like that was a problem. But uh, I just, you got to be slightly concerned that, that Fox is is struggling and like coasting in on fumes into the All Star break. Yeah, it's just it's, you do you are concerned about because it, it's just kind of like he is like the head of the snake or whatever the kind of, the guy that just kind of like we need you to make this all steer right. Like Sabonis is always gonna like Sabonis is we've seen it 
whether they're winning or losing Sabonis is going to get his. But like Fox is the one who kind of steers at home or whatnot. So you don't want to come into this break on a low low where you're losing a few games or losing up ground in the standings too. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always a big issue too. The standings have been all over the board, but Sacramento Kings are, you know, they're hovering between five and seven now. Yeah, because uh, it is nice to say like, oh, like we we'll get to the All Star break and Darren Fox, like he'll pick it up after that. Like we also have games to play leading up to that. Yeah, so you right. kind of do need him to turn it up, like even before that. Still. Yeah, and, and the Kings right now they're thirty and twenty two, and they're in seventh place. They're a half game out of eighth in, in the West. And that's not a good thing. And not only, I think they're three games above the the Lakers for the nine spot. And you know they're right there. They're only uh, they're only half game behind both uh, the Pelicans and the Suns. And they play the Suns coming up this week. Um, and so you're gonna, but you have a back to back against Phoenix one night and and Denver the next. That's not going to be easy at all. Um, okay, so our our second Jiffy Loop fast break player of the game. Uh, so if, if, again, if you go to ESPN1320.com, you click on the big Jiffy Lube logo. The first one was Domas, the second Jiffy Lube player of the game. I couldn't give it to a single Kings player because I'm not just going to give it to Demonis Sabonis every night. And I'm not going to give it to Malik Monk, even though he probably, if the Kings would have won, deserved it. Uh, and this one, I'm going to go SGA, uh, for Shea Gilgis Alexander, who was incredible. He absolutely punished the Kings. He gets every single call, which I know some Kings fans got to be frustrated with. Um, but he's going to be our second uh, Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. So enter to win a $100 gift certificate. And, of course, enter your name in to win a Sacramento Kings jersey. We're going to step aside. We come back. Uh, we've got more NFL coverage. We've got more NBA coverage. And, of course, we will have the handoff. So either D'Lo or KC will jump in and join us. And uh, we'll get their perspective on everything going forward. So we're the insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. See you in just a minute. Now, back to the insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the insiders. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia, filling in for Kyle Madsen. The day after, the day after the uh, the great Super Bowl, um, it's always a day where I think, first of all, um, all of us wish that it was next weekend because Monday is a holiday and we could have not come into work. Are we passing for whoever runs whatever to give us um, a holiday after the Super Bowl? Like, yeah, are we, we still fighting for that? We need to fight for that. They need to move. But so next Monday is President's Day, right? Like, I think that needs to be moved to whatever Super Bowl weekend is. It needs to be the day after. Like, let's just have, a, a, like, a, a day of recovery. That's I, fair because, honestly, like, maybe we're being spoiled brats or whatever. But, like, it is such a spectacle where it's, like, you can honestly, like, feel, like, the energy is, like, oh, yeah, everyone is kind of just watching. Like, you know, like, it's just kind of, like, all, everyone, like, everyone's eyeballs is just, like, here for this one game and all that. Yeah, and, and no one wants to get up the next day. Mm-mm. And just think, we're on the West Coast, so the game's at 3.30, right? Just think if we're on the East Coast and it's at 6.30 and, and you're sitting there partying and having a good, uh, a good time and then the game ends and you're looking at the clock like, oh, See, that's, that's, where we, that's where we win because they don't love, when it comes to like sports and the West Coast or whatever, they don't, they don't love us. They, they, they neglect us and all that. I feel like if the East Coast were to complain a little bit more, like, hey, like, this is ridiculous. Super Bowl's ending at midnight or whatever. I got to go to work. I got headaches and all that. Like, come on. We got enough, enough complaints from the East Coast. I think we can make this work. Okay. Yeah. For me, like, look, um, I, I think that this, the day after the Super Bowl, I kind of treat it 
in the same way that I look at like the 5th of July, right? The 4th of July is a late night party day. Oh, yeah. Because you got to wait for the fireworks, right? So sometimes it doesn't get dark until 10 o'clock. So everyone's out there. You got your kids out. Everyone's watching the fireworks. It's super late. Everyone's having a good time. For me, I'm like hanging out on, on the water the whole night. They shoot fireworks out over the lake. I do not want to go to work on July 5th. Yeah, I mean, come on, work with us here. Like, I know. Like, like, we've all been in this position, too. We've all had the holiday parties. We've all done the Super Bowl parties. We've all been in this situation, so we can all relate. Like, yeah, maybe give us the day off the next day. That's right. Uh, we need to treat this like the day after Christmas. Um, you know, Thanksgiving, everyone always gets a Friday off after Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday, and, you know, everyone goes shopping. Maybe we start this with Odyssey. We go to the Odyssey higher-ups be like, hey, we want the day after the Super Bowl Um we want that day off. Your sports station wants that day off. That's right. We need we need some sort of holiday for that day. And I guess I guess we could just collectively just say, hey, we're taking the day off. You need to run it back the whole day. Yeah, they. You want to see teamwork? There's teamwork right there. There it is. Um, yeah, Jesse and I are starting a petition. If you'd like to start our petition, sign our petition. Uh, we will we will send out the link where we're trying to start a, a movement here where we do not have to go to work the day after the Super Bowl. Um, Jesse, like you've watched a lot of Super Bowls. Where does this rank? Do you think that this is one of the better Super Bowls we've seen in recent years? Yeah, recent years. Because um, the one that always sticks out in my head that I always um, thought was a fun was uh, the Eagles and Patriots one. was Nick Foles versus Brady. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that one was a lot of back and forth and all that. That one sticks out. Honestly, the Brady and um, the Falcons one. But I think I think this one's up there. I think so, too. Just as far as like a competitive game. Like there were some real duds of a Super Bowl like I mean, does anyone remember the Bengals and Rams Super Bowl? Does anyone remember how that game went other than the Rams winning? No. Exactly. Yeah, I don't remember at all. Like, I do remember, um, like, when I was young, like, Doug Williams throwing, like, four touchdowns in the first half of a Super Bowl. Like, that was nuts, and the game was over quick. I remember Timmy Smith rushing for, like, 200-and-something yards, and no one ever heard of him before that, and no one had ever heard of him afterwards. Uh, so that that's a big Super Bowl where like a total blowout, but like I'm in it. I, I was in for this. This was like a phenomenal game all the way down the wire. I, I was I mean, on the edge of my couch for this one, kind of like like it's always like um, a meme when you're playing video games or whatever, and it gets serious. And you kind of sit up in your chair and you're just ready to go locked in. That's how I was watching this game. It's just you could feel the tension too, where it's just like I don't know. It's just like it, it was it was it was perfect. That's what we're looking for. I think it it's a perfect word. You just, the tension, the tension of the day, and I know like. If you're a Niners fan, you were like, oh, no, I would have much rather just seen the Niners blow them out and not. But still, I don't think that's what, you know, the Super Bowl shouldn't be that way, number one. But number two, I think the audience that you're you're playing for is different than a standard NFL game. Like, I know I get up every every Sunday and I watch football from, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I'll even watch soccer before that. But I'll watch football all the way until the late game at 5 o'clock is over at like 8 o'clock. And then I, I struggle to get off the couch. I can hardly move by the end of the day because I've been sitting there too long. It's been a great day, though. Yeah, but it is a great day. And I usually sit there with my son and we watch football the entire day. For me, this is one of those things where I am not the Super Bowl audience. Like the Super Bowl audience is a bunch of people like at the Super Bowl party I went to where – most of them haven't watched an NFL game all season long. Some of them have, but you know, you got Raiders fans. You got there was a Chief fan there. You got a, a Denver Broncos fan. They they didn't have any like stake 
They didn't have a pony in the race. Just there to hang out? Yeah, they're just there to hang out and watch the Super Bowl. And I think if you, if that's what the Super Bowl is, then I would prefer that it was a game like this that was phenomenal. So you're drawing in more people into the audience. Like, oh, man, that was fun. It wasn't just, you know, waiting to see how many times they're going to show Taylor Swift. It's like I'm here to eat a bunch of bad food for me and, and drink. And it's, it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole spectacle. It's an event. It's just like yeah. you said, it's just it's a whole big thing. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think the NFL put on a show, and that's the biggest thing for me. Like, this was, it was a great show. What do you think about Vegas? Should, should they keep the Super Bowl there every year? I feel like just from the tweets and everything on social media, I feel like it, it was a su- success. I, yeah. feel, I feel like Vegas did the Super Bowl right from what I've, from what I've seen on social, social media. No, I, I think so too. Um, I, I almost, like, you don't want it to be there every year because, let's be honest, it's it's a Raiders home field and you don't want them like being the team and you know a Super Bowl it probably means I don't know probably a billion dollars to a local economy yeah I mean we do kind of have it too I think where we have like our set you know your set cities where it's New Orleans or probably Vegas now Miami gets a lot of the Super Bowls I San mean, Francisco San Francisco getting yeah get another one 2026 so I feel like yeah the NFL does have like their set cities too well that and you've got you know the LA stuff now with their True. with their new stadium so as, as long as it's a, a good weather city um I, I think that that's a big deal right so um I, I don't want to see I either want to see a dome or I want to see a, a you know I want to see perfect weather I don't want I don't want the game to be changed because of inclement weather. Wait, can you imagine a Super Bowl where we got to run the ball 38 times because it's just pouring rain and no one's going to be able to throw the football? Like, that'd be horrible. Oh, and, well, where did we... I thought we had a Super Bowl where Prince was playing in the rain. It isn't... Am I wrong? That might have been before before my time. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I think that you want all the glitz, all the glamour, everything that comes with it, right? So, uh, it, it is the showcase of... Not just the NFL, but I think professional sports, especially professional sports in America. Like, I don't think the World Series still has the same draw. The NBA Finals is, like, phenomenal, but, again, it's it's played out over seven games. So, you know, you have your highs and your lows. Um, maybe that allows more people to get involved. But Yeah, I was going to say, with the NBA Finals, it's, like, seven games, so it's, like, you can't, like, just gather everyone around. Like, that doesn't watch basketball. Like, they're just casual fans. Like, gather everyone around for, like, game like. The one game of the finals, you know, it's just it's over time with the Super Bowl. It's like, all right, everyone like we're just building for like this one game right here. Yeah. I, isn't that interesting? You think about it that way that, you know, the NBA, while the finals, I'm sure does phenomenal. You don't have the same exact thing. Like maybe if there's a game seven, there's a, a larger group of people hanging out. Yeah, because I think they do like they try to do like the game sevens like on Sundays if it is or something like that. Yeah. But I would also say a lot of people don't even know when game seven is. Not like this, where everybody in the world, I mean, my mom texts me, who's never watched football at all, she watches the Super Bowl, yeah, the Super Bowl every like, year. Where it's like a holiday. Yeah, no, no, I think it is. So, interesting. Um, was there anything you would have changed, Jesse? With the Super like as far yeah. as, like, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, like, whether it was, I don't, well, I thought the halftime show was great. Um, I thought it was fine. You know, I clicked over to the Nickelodeon um, little whatever thing they had going on. That was cool, too. I think they did it. They did it good, James. Yeah? yeah it, was, it was good. It was good stuff. And did you enjoy uh, TV commercials and all that stuff? I mean, that like, to me, like, it, it's a huge, huge day for everything. Yeah, the TV commercials, like, that's not really my thing anymore or whatever. I feel like they're not as funny as they used to be and stuff like that. But there was nothing was like, oh, this is horrible. I thought the um, halftime show was great. 
And yeah, I thought I thought I thought it was a good I thought, thought it was a good show. Did you miss Alicia Keys coming out? I did not miss Alicia Keys. Okay, and you did see uh, like Usher like sweating it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, get the guy a towel. I mean, that the whole time, like, come on. At that point, you just gotta wear it, I guess. Like, put a big fan on him. Just like help him out. Um, when we when we get done with uh with a game like this, is there any changing in legacies? It it, it does this. I mean, I think for when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, I feel like he cemented him, cemented himself, and he's done it like before this. But this is it. Like, you got three rings. Like he's. There's the Mahomes. Um, with him, there's no arguing it. Like he's one of the greatest to ever do it already. I yes. feel like like he's Super Bowls, MVP stats, whatever you want, he's got it for you. Like yeah, coming out of this game now, it's like um, it's 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 solidified now. It's not argued, but solidified. He's one of the greatest to do it. Is it crazy that he's 28 and we could see this for another decade, maybe even more? Yeah, that's it's it's. it's I guess it's just Brady all over again, right? Maybe I don't know. I I think that the way he does it is so more. I think it's the fact too that we saw like he, like he didn't have great weapons on offense. Like Isaiah Pacheco was great; he was great for that team, but he's not some like top running back in the league. Yeah, um, their wide receivers don't have any top receivers that are like I'm, they that you could probably call like top twenty in the league. I'd say like you got Travis Kelsey; that's one, but that's one guy with defense can plan for him. Like the fact that he did it with this is just insane too. No, I, I totally agree. And you you bring up uh, Travis Kelsey. I thought Kelsey was great. I you know he is a legend of the game. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, definitely. But uh, but outside of that, everything else is kind of like okay, what do you got? And how much can uh, Mahomes bring these guys along? And somehow he was able to do it. Kenny, are you going to join us? Yeah. All right, Kenny Kenny Caraway is here. Uh, we can go back to calling him Casey now. I think. Or did did that name just get retired? We can't uh, it's, it's, it's up to him, I guess. <laughs> we can get back to Casey. The week is over. <sighs> uh, let's add Casey to the screen, and then we're gonna switch these two. What's going on, man? Have you? Uh, did you survive the day? I mean, clearly you're here, but I mean, oh man, it, it was it was tough. I went for real quick for reference. I don't know. Maybe it's my headphones. I can't hear Jesse. Let me let me put. Uh, let me put these other ones on real quick. But to answer your question, yeah, I survived it. I was tough, though. That was tough. I mean, that was – I can only think of – I can't even say that. I was about to say I can only think of one other loss that was as tough as that, game six and seven of the 2002 World Series. But, I mean, the 49ers Super Bowl against the Ravens was tough. Uh 49ers NFC Championship game against the Rams. The Eagles was tough for a different reason because that game was done before it even got started. Yeah, that game was over. Uh, but this is this is uh, yeah, this is as bad as it gets. This how was how was the tension for you? Like for me, like the entire day was just like the whole game. You were pins and needles. This oh, was a phenomenal game. It was it was a, it was a great game. Uh, if on the outside looking in. Maybe, you know, I could feel that way. I mean, I was I, – I would, I would said it like 12 o'clock I needed a drink. Like I was high strung all day long. Oh, and yeah. then during that game, just high strung, uh, moving around, walking around the, the house and, you know, doing all this other stuff, trying to uh, energize them my own way to this to the finish line to get there. And it just – it didn't happen, man. It was – it was tension-filled for sure. 
it's already like the day after and stuff like that so i'm sure you still hurt and all that but like like is it like ah like best shot like they wasted it or whatever it's kind of like uh, it's gonna be tough to get back now like how, how are you feeling coming out of that game oh man i definitely feel like it's gonna be tough to get back next year um it's just i, I think rob brooks when he was on with us a couple of weeks ago he talked used the analogy of like pushing a boulder up the hill and you push it up the hill push it up the hill and then for it to roll back at the the very top and you're like man we got to push this boulder up the hill again that's tough i look at i look at this group this core uh you know Trent Kittle I'll throw Debo in there Fred Warner or whatever and you know last night and even this morning I don't know if it's going to happen for these guys I don't know if it's going to happen because it's got to happen relatively soon. And I don't know, like, how I feel today and how I look at this roster today. I don't just sit here and think, like, oh, yeah, they're going to get back next year. You know what I mean? That's that's a that's a long, tough road. And I don't know. The thing that does give me solace, and you guys talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, is they do have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for this group, for, for this core – it may be over, or maybe they got one more real chance at it. But for the franchise, I don't think it is because you have a quarterback, and we'll talk about it on the show. You have a coach that's good enough to to keep this thing going. And also, you got talent evaluators. I mean, one of the things that we don't talk about with this uh, 49ers group is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan has built this team. Mm-hmm. They've, they've pretty much found everybody through the draft. Bosa was – kind of gift wrap to them or whatever. But they found everybody. This team has been built through the draft over the last four or five years. And I believe that they just have an eye for good football players. They're on evaluators. And they'll continue to build this roster. But today for this group, I mean, it's tough right now. Is there – you brought up Purdy. Do you think Do you think that this solidified him as, like, a franchise guy, at least for the 49ers, a franchise guy in general? To some, maybe. I mean, he was always that for me. Uh, I'd say, I don't know, sometime this season. I, I really believed in him last year. Um, but sometime during the season, I was like, nah, this is this is the dude. Like, he's it. He, he's franchise. You found your quarterback. Um, but for a lot of people, they had to see him, you know, on these stages in the playoffs. And he wasn't perfect. Uh, but for a second-year guy, you know, to, to go through all this and see these things, you know, for the first time and, and experience this stuff for the first time a lot of ways. Um, he did a great job. He, he didn't win the game, but if you were still kind of like just kind of second-guessing him at that point, I think you can come away from the Super Bowl seeing what you like needed to see from him as far as like believing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree, man. I, I'm a big believer in Brock Purdy. I think he's the, the franchise quarterback. Um, and now you just got to keep working on getting guys around him. They had the guys around him this year, but obviously, like I said, those guys are getting a little older, and, you know, there's little tweaks that you need here and there, you know, some offensive line stuff. Um, but, you know, you just you just keep building this roster, man. Yeah, I, I kind of, when we get through this, I, I thought that there wasn't really a big letdown. Like, you know, a couple of mistakes. We have the McCaffrey fumble. You have the the fumble on the punt. Mm-hmm. Those type That was the game for me. Yeah, those type of, those type of moments. But yeah. at the at the same time, I really felt like this was going to go down to a final possession. That this, and if you gave Mahomes the opportunity to beat you, he's going to beat you because he's Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And so I was hoping at at any point that the Niners were going to be able to get some sort of separation where at least you got a shot, right? But to me, I 
I thought this was about as good a football game as you could possibly draw up for everybody uh, who was watching. Yeah, man, these dudes, both both teams was out there competing. Yeah. You know, and I talked about it last night, and we'll talk about it all throughout the day. One of the things that I, I, I just dislike about the way we talk about sports and social media and sports radio and all this other stuff, it's always who's to blame? Who's to blame? Who's Hey, man, <laughs> there's no matter if both of the coaches, both of the players, if they did, if everybody did everything perfect mm-hmm. yesterday, somebody was going to win and somebody was going to lose. Yeah. Like that's just the game. That's, that's what it is. And we could dissect a number of different plays that people would have thought should have been different. Or if you would have ran this different or done this different or whatever, you could do that for every game on pretty much every play or whatever the case may be. And we're doing that with the naked eye. When you see the all 22, it's like, Ooh, Maybe they did have the right play called up. This guy just didn't do this and that. So, you know, it's just always about, you know, who's wrong, whose fault it is. And I, man, these both teams yesterday played their asses off. Both coaching staff prepared themselves and did the best that they could. And one team had to win, the other team had to lose. Pat Mahomes was great when he needed to be great. And that's just what it is, man. Realistic, you leave this game and it's like it's just what it is. It's a team lost. The San Francisco 49ers lost it. Kyle Shannon probably could have run the ball a couple more times or whatever, sure. But he also did some good things right. Yeah. Brock Purdy probably left some throws out there, also made some good ones. It wasn't a matter of, like, you can point, this is why they lost. It's just plays were made more on the Kansas City side, and they came out on top. The, the I think the, the placement was 39-31 to 31 past the run for the 49ers. They ran the ball. What did I say uh, uh, on Friday? I said Chris McCaffrey has to touch the ball. 25 to 30 times. Well, he ran the ball, I think, 29, 22 times. They finished and then with he 30 got touches. Eight, he had eight catches. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. It, like I said, you can go to play here and there or whatever the case may be. But I just, I thought both teams um, and both franchises really, really got after it yesterday. It was, it was, it was highly competitive. Highly competitive. There's going to be a winner and a loser, unfortunately. And Niners were on the losing end this time. If you want to put a finger on it too, like, oh, this is like – why the game was lost. I think a lot of it comes down to the 49ers didn't kill the game when they could have. Mm-hmm. More so getting field goals instead of touchdowns and all that because you leave any any inch, any ounce of room for Mahomes and it's just it's like the Brady thing. He's going to take it no matter what. Yeah. And, and, and once again, that's assuming that the 49ers could just do whatever they wanted to do. It's a pretty damn good defense on the other side. It's fair. That wasn't going to let you just, oh, we want to score a touchdown so we're going to score a touchdown. Like, nah, them, them dudes, they get after it too. You know what I mean? So, man, it, it, was, it was a hell of a game. Tough loss. I ain't even going to front to you. This one, this one, this one's a gut punch. This one is a gut punch. This, this is tough. This no, is tough. I think so too. Um, we're just about out of here for today. Uh, what was your favorite moment from from the day? I know what your worst moment is, but what's your favorite? There was no favorite moment. There was no favorite. No, not even Usher. <laughs> Whatever. No, I, no. What, 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 what am I going to look back on this day fondly about? Oh, I don't know. Like I, like I truly enjoyed the Juwan Jennings throwback pass, um, like the the play where Purdy hits. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a curmudgeon, James. This is the wrong day to ask me that question. No, I, I get you because because I'll think about that play, which was a phenomenal play. Yep. It's like how'd they lose the game? <laughs> how'd they lose the game? Yeah, no, no there I'm was with nothing you. good about yesterday. I, I'm with you. I, I just, I, you know, there were some great plays. You know, even uh, the McCaffrey play down the sideline, spectacular. Watching Brock Purdy grow into like the quarterback that you're hoping that he will be, I think that that's something to take away from it. 
yeah, right. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> uh, well, we'll be back tomorrow. And that's the kind of, that's kind of the way these things go. Uh, Jesse, thanks for filling in for, uh, for Kyle. Uh, hopefully Kyle will be able to pop in at least part of the time during this week and we can have him uh, to give some of his insight. But it's going to be a busy, busy, busy week of sports. We got D'Lo and Casey coming up next. Thanks for tuning in to the Insiders for Jesse Tapia. James Ham. we'll see you very soon. See you tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.